reckon we generally fill and exalt ourselves. Think back to your first big award or first time you got paid for a job. I'll never forget how proud I was for having worked hard at Macca's. Uh, I, I salted those chips to perfection. I cleaned where no one had cleaned before. Maybe that says something about the time I was working at Macca's than what standards would say these days. But anyway, but my bank account was finally growing with money that I had earned myself. Of course, it never occurred to me how much my parents were still spending so that I could have the freedom to earn the money, but it was mine, it was mine. I had earned it and so I was going to fill myself and not just with burgers. I knew what I wanted, a Nintendo 64. So good. All my friends uh, were, were playing these games and so I took my hard-earned money and I bought it, fulfilling all my desires and dreams, which were pretty limited at the time. And then I began to exalt myself. I loved showing it off to my brother and friends and reminding them how I myself had earned it. And then I practised those games all the time so that whenever I invited someone else to play, with, play them with me, well, I'd be exalted as the winner and they could see how great I was. Perhaps you were a little more tasteful with your first paycheck, but I'm sure you can think of many examples in your life or of those you know when you've earned something and so naturally you, you take your reward, don't you? When you're the centre, that's what you deserve, right? And if you haven't yet earned it, will you go out and you get it? If you want it, take it. Anyone seen Sing 2? It's good. Anyone? Um, if, you could, if you dream it, you can do it. Another favourite movie quote. Uh, I mean, you could be the next Moore College table tennis champion. You could. Or, or the, get that coveted top essay mark. And if you get yourself to the top, to be the centre, well, why wouldn't you fill and exalt yourself? That's what we do. You, you sing your own song because you are worthy, aren't you? Yesterday we looked at Colossians chapter 1 and the first of three songs about Jesus that we're listening to this week. And it, it slowly expanded our small view of Jesus. We saw that everything starts with Jesus, that everything ends with Jesus, and that everything is being reconciled under Jesus' rule. And our refrain then became, Jesus is the centre of everything. And on Friday, in Revelation 5, we will see that Jesus will be enthroned as our worthy king. But in a world where those exalted are those who take it, well, Jesus can be offensive or at least laughable. How is it that Jesus can be the centre of everything and yet die in weakness? If he really is the centre, why wouldn't he show his power and enforce his rule? Why wouldn't he fill and exalt himself? And why wouldn't he fill me and exalt my ministry and see it grow and thrive? Why wouldn't he want us to be as successful as we can be and show how great our, our college, our churches, our methods are to the rest of the world? 
But like the moon that blocks the sun, perhaps sometimes singing of ourselves casts shadow instead of reflecting light and gets in the way of the true source of light. So it's time to take another look at the Son of God, Jesus, and see how his song might reshape ours. So the second song of Jesus that we're looking at today is from Philippians chapter 2 in the New Testament. It's part of another letter written by Paul, as you know, uh, but this time to the early Christians in Philippi. He's giving thanks to God with them too. They've been partnering with him in sharing Jesus from when they first became Christians. However, Paul's now in prison. He's weak. Uh, He knows God is strong. And so he's able to share boldly with the Philippians about how God is even using his imprisonment to keep making Jesus known. And he's confident that God can and will do the same with the Philippians, even through weakness. So instead of saying to them, go out and take it, he calls them to humility, to empty themselves for the sake of others. It's the opposite mindset of our nature that seeks to fill and exalt ourselves. But it's the exact mindset that King Jesus demonstrated, which he calls them to take on. And so in Philippians chapter 2, 5 to 11, he sings a song of the servant King Jesus. So let's look at him afresh. I'll sum up what I think could be the song's longish title in one sentence. Here it is. Jesus is our worthy king because he emptied and humbled himself. I've come to this from three ideas that I see in the text, which are that Jesus, being God, didn't fill and exalt himself, but emptied and humbled himself. So God filled and exalted Jesus as king. And I'm going to explain how I observe each idea in the text and so why I summarise it saying that Jesus is our worthy king because he emptied and humbled himself. So let's go to the first one. Jesus, being God, didn't fill and exalt himself. Observe this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, so please check them out in your Bible. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Pause there. And what did you notice about Jesus first? Uh, See in verse 5, he's already called him Christ Jesus. And we remember, you know, Christ is a a title, of course, as you know. Same word as Messiah means King Jesus or bigger. God's promised eternal King Jesus. And verse 6, he's in very nature God. So this Jesus is none other than God the Son, through whom and for whom all things were made, as we saw yesterday. He's not acting as if he were God, but isn't really. He's not created by God or given just some God-like powers. You look at Jesus and there is the appearance of God. He is himself God. Now, we can tend to imagine that what we'd do if we were God, as if it were like having superpowers... I mean, imagine being able to move things with your mind. That's where I go straight away. What would you do? I'd, I'd try things like everyday things, brushing my teeth, but do it with no hands. How cool would that be? It's like, awesome. And then I'd definitely make myself fly. And then I can go on to all sorts of other things that are pretty obvious that it's expressing my nature with God-like powers, how I'd 
fulfil and exalt myself. I'd be exploiting my power, making it all about me because my nature puts me at the centre. But God's nature doesn't even consider that. When he says that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, I don't think he's saying that Jesus was inferior. Paul's been talking about a mindset And this mindset that he says Jesus didn't have sounds a lot like Adam and Eve in the the garden when they grasped for power over God and over each other. That's what our nature does. We each want to rule. If you want it, take your fill and exalt yourself. But that's not God's nature. His mindset doesn't consider what he can gain but what he can give. So Jesus, being God, didn't fill and exalt himself. And that is the first reason why our worthy, he is our worthy king. Well, that's what he didn't do. Let's now look at what he did do. The second idea, but he emptied and humbled himself. Observe this in verses 7 and 8. Check them out in your Bible. Christ Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Now, I don't think he made himself nothing means that he lost inherent value or that he stopped being God. It's his nature as God that means that he does this. So it's being contrasted with the previous phrase of grasping for ultimate power over his father. So this is then the opposite. Instead of grasping for power, he empties himself of his rights to exert it. Instead of taking, he gives. And the next two phrases help clarify by showing that he did this, look at it, by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. There's that word nature again. I don't think it means that the Son of God didn't actually serve others before this. An action. Well, his his action is actually the opposite. His very nature as God is to serve, to give. But the second phrase shows that it's about who he is, his being, Jesus, the eternal son of God, became human. From being the king of the universe, he took off his crown and became like one of his servants. A human, starting as a helpless, naked baby. The God who made everything let a young mum and dad raise him. He willingly gave up his rights, all of his rights as God, to become slave he emptied himself he could have then exalted himself right saying oh look how great I am how much I've given up how I've gone to another country and done all these cool things I deserve everyone's praise no he doesn't do that instead he did the opposite look at verse 8 and being found in appearance as a man He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Even death on a cross. He humbles himself. 
We humble others as we grasp for power over them. Jesus gives up his power, freely choosing to submit himself. Being God, he serves his Father and even serves his servants. And then the king who gave everything life gave himself over to death. But not just any death, of course, even death on a cross. I mean, have you ever been shocked by seeing the symbol of a cross? We walk along the streets and they're still everywhere from our heritage on buildings, people's necks, in churches. But when a first century person saw a cross, of course they saw a dead body, a dead criminal hanging there. It was an execution device. It was offensive. This is meant to deeply shock us, right? Jesus... The centre of everything willingly bore the shame of a criminal's death. I mean, that is complete humility. He did it for us. This is how he reconciled people with God. Jesus took the punishment that we deserved for rejecting God, spilling his blood, as we saw yesterday. our rejection of God for grasping power over him. Jesus was the only one who could because he didn't grasp for power for himself. He opened the way for us to be forgiven by God and so finally rescued us from the problem of rejecting him. Jesus, being God, didn't fill and exalt himself but emptied and humbled himself. That's why he is our worthy king. And it's the final idea that shows us this why. Because Jesus emptied and humbled himself, God filled and exalted Jesus. Observe this in verses 9 to 11. Check them out in your Bibles. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. So God the Father, being also in very nature God, he serves his son. He exalts Jesus over everything. We ask, why didn't Jesus grasp for power for himself? Why would he? He knows the true nature of things. Those who take power for themselves end up in eternity with none because taking power is not true power. True power and freedom here is in giving. Jesus showed his power and freedom by emptying and humbling himself. God the Father shows his power by giving Jesus the highest place to rule everything. He doesn't grasp it from Jesus either. He exalts him and then he fills him. Because Jesus emptied himself, God gives him the name above every name. I don't think it's a magic word or another extra name. It's to do with his identity and title. It's what his name now means to everyone and everything. And that's what he explains it in verses 10 and 11. God fills him with this name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what we saw happening in Colossians 1 as everything is reconciled under Jesus' rule. All things 
everywhere across all time will recognise Jesus as king. They'll do that either willingly now or when he makes them on the coming day of judgment. God fills Jesus with all power and authority over everything. Not because Jesus took that power for himself, but because he emptied and humbled himself. And then there's this little indication at the end that Jesus is going to do the same thing back again. Because as he rules over everything, well, it's all to the glory of his Father. It's in God's nature as Trinity. He he serves. He gives. Jesus, being God, didn't fill and exalt himself, but emptied and humbled himself. So God filled and exalted Jesus as king. Do you see him afresh as your worthy king? And isn't it wonderfully liberating? Because again, it it doesn't have to be all about you. Just as seeing Jesus as the centre freed us from having to try to defend ourselves as a sinner over others. Jesus being the exalted servant king frees us from our vicious cycle of exalting ourselves over each other and constantly filling our every desire, which we know never fully satisfies. By moving our moon out of the way so the sun can shine, we see what true power and freedom look like. And it's why Paul's joy is filled as he sees Christians living with the same mindset as Jesus. Why would we fill and exalt ourselves when we are so free, being Jesus' people, that we can empty and humble ourselves? Instead of grasping for an illusion of power, we can give our whole selves in love of God and others. What will it look like for you as you consider life beyond study here do you feel that freedom as well to choose rather than feeling oh i've got to do this really hard thing go to the deepest darkest place that i can because i really should but this is freedom to empty and humble yourself you might like to reflect on the rest of philippians chapter 2 there's two great stories of people who emptied and humbled themselves as they followed jesus and loved others first there's timothy he's been delivering messages between paul and the philippians and paul's intending to send timothy back to them he's got a genuine interest in their welfare and he proves it by dedicating his life to sharing the good news of jesus with them even though it's not his home How might we love those about us who are not Christian? It might mean emptying ourselves of our right to keep silent, to avoid conflict, because self-sacrificial love will put their eternal future before our comfort. It may even be going to another people group, another country, another place. Emptying yourself of your right to a life here in Australia or in Sydney if you're going into regional Australia. The second is at the end of Philippians chapter 2. 
Epaphroditus, a Philippian himself, again carrying messages. And Epaphroditus is so sick that he almost dies. And the reason he, he comes that close to death is because of his work for Jesus. In fact, he risks his life to make sure that Paul is cared for, finishing off what the Philippians sent him to do. And now he's distressed. But not because he's sick. He's freaking out because he heard that the Philippians might be worried about him being sick. He, he empties himself. And then he puts others' interests above his own. Maybe as you form little groups praying for different countries, you actually decide to, to push one of you or all of you to go out to other places and share Jesus there, but in partnership with churches here. Or maybe that's even what you're going to be doing when you go into a local church here. That you won't be about filling and exalting your specific church or filling and exalting your role within a church. But you're actually going to be delighting in how you can empty yourselves and humble yourselves for the good of even other churches, other people in the area. What a wonderful example we have of humility in Jesus. But also in that, we see him as our fully exalted king. We are free to empty and humble ourselves as we seek to follow our King who emptied and humbled himself for us and for the glory of his Father. Let's pray. Our great Heavenly Father, thank you for our King Jesus who is worthy. Please help us to follow his example of emptying and humbling ourselves not out of guilt, or in a way that seeks to endanger others or us just for the sake of appearing humble and exalted. But Father, please grow in us that genuine concern for others that puts their needs before our own. And please help us to return to looking afresh at Jesus as our exalted King, who has the name above every name. Help us to bow before him and live for his glory. In his name. Amen.